Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett, and he will be talking about this Clippers trade as they acquire James Harden extensively. However, we will also be joined by Taylor Twelman at 10.35 as City will be fighting for their lives this Sunday as they try to stave off elimination from Sporting KC in Kansas Sunday at 3 p.m.? I thought that was the time. And then if they it's play. It's because the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins in Germany. That's right. Uh, Frankfurt. And then uh, if they if the Dogs win, they'll play the following Saturday at 5 p.m. And that means there will be an overlap with Missouri and Tennessee no matter what. Yes. Because yep. CBS has exercised the famed six-day window because they want to see what happens this week before deciding on the schedule for Missouri-Tennessee. LSU in Florida, and Ole Miss, and Ja. We know Alabama-Kentucky will kick off at 11 o'clock, but let's see what happens in Athens this weekend, and let's see what happens in Tuscaloosa this weekend before the other three games are scheduled. But at worst, Missouri kicks off at 2.30 on CBS for back-to-back weekends. How do you do? Literally the proof in the pudding of what you've been saying. If you want to avoid 11 a.m. kickoffs, you should win. Win. And then, uh, yeah. Win. So, so Kerry Davis said, that's fine. Win. Yeah. They've won seven games, and now they have to kick off at 11 a.m. It's crazy. The spread is down to 15. Yeah, and money and volume is currently... Heavy on Missouri. Heavy on Missouri. Yep. While volume right now is heavy on Alabama, while the money is heavy on LSU. LSU plus three and a half. Mackay Wingo now out for the season, or at least out for six weeks. Yeah, that probably will... Eh, it depends on... How yeah, Georgia if they're, if they're playing in a uh, real game or if they're playing in a bowl game. Bingo. All due respect to bowls, which I live for to gamble on when I take the week off in between Christmas and New Year's. Right. I like using my PTO right at the beginning of the year so I can go to Shreveport or, oh, I didn't or know you Memf- did that. Memphis. Yeah. I didn't know you went. Memphis in January, Tim, is just gorgeous. I had no idea. Yeah, it's really special for me and the players to you know get that time. Oh, you spend time with the players? Well, I feel like when when you go take a trip to a bowl, it's all one big convoy. I agree with the you. The Tigers are in town. Yeah, amen. Uh, Jackson Taylor, 12 and 1035. And throughout the course of the program, I am going to open up this Air Comfort Service text inbox. That number is 314-399-9646. See what the people want to talk about today. And then also the YouTube chat. Big day on TMA today as we had uh, the second uh, St. Clair School District OnlyFans teacher. There's another one now. And when news happens in the St. Clair School District, um, they go to TMA on HD2. Uh, We are the 60 Minutes of the St. Clair OnlyFans community. And uh, Doug Vaughn plays the role of Morley Safer. I play the role of Mike Wallace. And uh, you're a cute little Leslie Stahl. 
and uh, we answer. We ask the tough questions, so that's up for you. YouTube.com slash TMASTL. Meanwhile, on the 101 ESPN channel, courtesy of the Airlines team, the studio cameras are firing. Deep Voice Dude is uh, there. Tiny PP is there. Droid Effects is there. Tommy Summers, Eric Nickens, and Deep Voice Dude are going back and forth talking about Sam Laporta. Fine. Talk Sam Laporta all day. Maybe it's part of Jackson's Little Piddles. Half and half, presented by the Angry Beaver. Yeah, shout out to Sam Laporta of Highland, Illinois. Also, shout out to Jack Fox, punter for the Detroit Lions, former classmate of mine that will do high school. Is that right? You guys hang out? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been going to school with Jack since I was like seven or eight. Well, we get him on. Uh, I guess, I mean, I love Jack Fox, but I mean, chop it up, I guess. Wow. Sounds like uh, you might not be as close as you represented. If you, you want to get them on. To, you tried to brag. There's not many people I can be like confident and say, like, I can get them on. Fairly confident on you know, former classmate of mine. Well, let's get them on. Here come the Lions. Boy, howdy. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to lead off with that question. About how, uh, how, uh, the, the Detroit Lions? No. Uh, and this usually wouldn't be what I would lead wow. off with. A breaking ball here from the Little Piddles Half and Half presented by Angry Beaver. Taylor Twelman, 1035. But I feel like it has to be discussed. How much of that game did you watch? Just a, Maybe just a touch, a little bit? I will give you 1,000 guesses as to the football game I watched last night. <laughs> I mean, like, was it on live or is this an old game? Old game. Oh, well, then I'll never get it. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, but I would tell you this. Hear me, and I'm looking right at you, people in the YouTube. I'm talking to you, droid effects. Have you ever been mesmerized by a gentleman's blue eyes more than this? Probably not. Maybe that Jared Leto. You say Leto or Leto? Leto? Leto. Leto. Do you think of him more as the show with Claire Danes or for 30 Seconds to Mars or Dallas Buyers Club? Uh, His acting, so like Dallas Buyers Club. He's really good in Panic Room. Nice. The game I watched tied into last night's Monday Night Football game in addition to... The timely, biggest story from my standpoint, I'm a controversial host, so fine, I'll say it, and that is Missouri going into Georgia this weekend between the hedges. How, you may ask? Well, then that would be your hint as to what game I watched. The 2013 tilt between Missouri and Georgia? No, because what would that have to do with the current Detroit Lions? Uh, Nothing. Well, I gave you a hint. The head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. And where did he play college football? I don't know, honestly. Nice show prep ass. ass. You've got the UGA? No! Oh. This was the most important road game Missouri has played in November up until this week. Nebraska in 98? That was in October. Otherwise, that would have been a good guess. Uh, and then tie it in with where Dan Campbell went to school. Damn it! This is like I don't know. Like I, uh, he was a tight end at Texas A&M in 1998, and in 1998, brother, in that November, Missouri headed to College Station to take on Rich Cody, <laughs> Dante like Hall, Datwin, and Dan Campbell. Of the Texas A&M Aggies, ranked number six in the country and leading the South Division of the Big Twelve. And Missouri had a chance to take the lead and win the Big 12 North if they were to beat Texas A&M in College Station. And then Michael Bishop, the following week in Columbia, Missouri, who came to town ranked number one 
and win a Big 12 North. That was in November, and it rained. You know what it did? It rained like the Dickens. <laughs> Larry Smith, the head coach, was dressed like he was playing golf at St. Andrews. R.C. Slocum, the head coach at Texas A&M. And for whatever reason, I watched that game last night. Did I watch highlights of the game? No, I watched the whole damn ball game. Was that on YouTube? Yes. That's actually really awesome. Shout out YouTube. That's super dope. In my betrothed. She goes, what are we watching? And anytime somebody inserts themselves first person plural, but yet not really a part of it, like TMA listeners, why are we letting this caller on? I don't see you on the payroll. Yeah, you're not a dais. So when my wife said that, I said, woman, because I was raised right. Yeah, of course. I said, this is the most important road game Missouri played in November up until this Saturday. And Dan Campbell's currently coaching on Monday Night Football, and he was on the team. Kind of a fun fact. Yeah. And it didn't work as the aphrodisiac I had anticipated it working. Well, you're the man in the arena, Tim. Sometimes you just got to... Well, you got to put pucks on net. That's my credo. Yeah, absolutely. So I watched this game, and poor Randy Potter of Melville fumbled the punt at a 14-14 game with four minutes left in Missouri with a chance to go into the top 10 and possibly win the Big 12 North, which I don't even really recall being in play. Because I think back then, if you lost a game, your season was already over, and they had lost to Nebraska on the road earlier in the year. So you weren't even thinking about a national championship. Now you can lose a game and still be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Back then, that wasn't the case. Right, right. And so that is why I'm like, where did Dan Campbell go to school? I'm a, Dan, I'm a Dan Campbell fan. I think everyone is. Yeah. And I'm kind of pulling for the Lions. I think him and Mike McDaniel might be the two most likable coaches night, in the wow, league. Wow, that'd be a Jim Dandy of a Super Bowl. I think very well could happen. Oh, uh, yeah, it could. Yeah, absolutely could. Uh, and I saw Texas A&M. I go, well, I bet he's right around my age. Sure enough, 1998. And I go, oh, the last... Truly, I'm not talking Ole Miss in 13. I'm not talking against like a borderline Tennessee team in 14. I'm talking about where the division and the conference is on the line. That's what we have this Saturday. And so there I am. Now I'm watching 1998 Missouri-Texas A&M. There you go. Like a complete tool. (laughs) I mean a complete tool. Well, the reason I asked if you had watched a and Barry Odom was the middle linebacker from Missouri, and Dan Campbell is tackled by Barry Odom. How about that? That is cool. That's a nice little peek back. Yeah, twenty-five years ago. Anybody else in the market covering it? Doubt it. Just proves that the media in this town is soft, and I'm the only one who will tell you the truth. Boy, and that statement has never rung truer than this morning. Exactly right. Uh, The reason I asked if you had watched the Monday Night Football game last night was because the fact that the NFL let those two teams dress how they dressed and walk on the field is an abomination. Whoa. Is an absolute abomination. God. There is nothing wrong. satirical takes to Jackson with a passionate one on uniforms. Who who saw this coming? I did. (laughs) Because, listen here, nothing the Raiders did was wrong. That's their road uniform, silver pant, white jersey, silver helmet. That's what they've worn forever on the road. Totally fine. The fact that the Lions trudge out there in the all-gray uniforms with the shiny blue helmet to, to clash with those Raiders uniforms is a serious problem. Wow. It what was, would you like to be done about this? The, the Lions just shouldn't be able to wear those. Those should be stricken from the record. They should never, ever wear those silver uniforms again. Those are terrible. This is the most passionate thing I've ever heard you discuss. Those are so bad, those all-gray uniforms, and the fact that they put a matte, gray helmet, or matte blue helmet with it is even more disgusting. And that th- you can't go up against silver and white with silver 
Like you got to have some discrepancy there. It looked awful. Wow, this is a this is a landmark moment for this show, which is candidly chock full of landmark moments. Uh, so yeah, they were wearing. I would call that gray. Yeah, it's gray. Okay. That silver is incorrect. It's All gray. Right. It's gray, but the helmet is like a shiny blue, and it like listen. You won't pull that crap at noon on a Sunday. Okay. You can't be wearing that in prime time, Monday Night Football, with Joe Buck and Aikman on the call on ESPN on the broadcast. This hey, Pittles, your opinions really stink, but this time you're right. How about that? I, I mean, you're winning the people over. What a populist rhetoric. No, take. I mean, this was populist rhetoric. People were upset about the uniform. Like, oh, is that right? Well, it, I think mostly because they were was this clashing. On the Twitter tweets? Yeah, because they were clashing because the Raiders are wearing all like their silver look, which is what they normally wear. And then the Lions counter that with more gray. Like, it, listen, if like they were wearing a different, if the Raiders were wearing a different color, it probably wouldn't be as bad. But the fact that they were clashing so bad is gross. Did it bother you as much as the Rammies wearing <laughs> yellow and the Buccaneers wearing red in the final NFL game ever played at the scenic dome? It's actually funny. If you would have let me kept guessing what football game you watched, I was going to jokingly say the catch with mustard game because <laughs> that was. But at least they are different colors. Like at least you knew like which team was which, and uh, albeit I don't know why the Rams ever thought wearing all yellow was a great idea. But they had yeah, a lot of great ideas. One last way to alienate the uh, area. Yeah, yeah. Color the color rush uh, era will not be remembered fondly, certainly by me. But uh, this Lions uniform was truly awful. Hey, dip ass! The Lions' nickname is called the Silver Streak from back in the day. You suck, pedals. It's from the three one four. Doesn't make the uniform look any better. I don't care about their nickname. I don't give a damn. Their colors are blue and silver, not gray. Michigan has the assistant ceiling signs. Missouri has the bald guy who watches game film from 1998. That's from Marsha's burner. Yeah, I have. Pick your. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Pick your champion. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Yeah, and we're on a collision course for the right to wear the block M. Yeah. You know what? They can have it. <gasps> the Oval Tiger looks better. <sighs> Being honest. What, what, are the, what are these girls going to wear this weekend since you've become the Mr. Blackwell of the NFL? Maybe you can bring that to the SEC. If they're wearing all white uh-huh. with the black helmet with the Oval Tiger, they're going to win the game. It, the, the uniforms will not, not the fact that Georgia's offensive line. Uh-huh. Right. No, no. It's, the well, uniforms. Well, I had, I had a vision, Tim. <gasps> and in the vision, Missouri won, and they're wearing those exact uniform sets. Gosh. Had two visions and you call year. them uniform sets. <laughs> well, that's because sometimes they like to mi- mix and match. Also, Missouri should never wear the yellow tops ever again. Tops? Now they're called tops. Jerseys. Retire those. Those got to go. Those are not good. Uh, Clayton Davis says, Block M is supreme. Oval Tiger looks cheap. That's what he said in the YouTube chat. Uh, you YouTube know, chat's my place. I'm not, like, passionate on this one. Like, I'm not going to die on the hill by but any But you means. are upset about the Detroit Lions yeah. uniform yeah. tops? Yeah. Like those were so bad. Like those were so ugly. Why? the The blue looks good. I mean, I hate I hate any team that matches their primary color with silver or gray. Wow, it's cheap. Man, you are really. I think it just is like you're feeling like, yourself right now. Like the Panthers cook. Like the Panthers doing it. Like it's all like cowboy ripoffs. Like the Cowboys did it. And everyone wants to be like the Cowboys. But the Detroit Blues are fine. But the all gray aluminum foil specials. Won't stand by me. The Reynolds wrap threes. 
Uh, Alan Dadeville is a big Georgia fan, and he's in the YouTube chat right now, along with many other great Patriots, and says, my guess is UGA will wear red tops with silver britches this weekend like they have for over a century. It's Alan Dadeville. Yeah, they look good. We look better with white pants, but I get that they're classic. The G, the G logo is outstanding. Whose G was first, Green Bay or Georgia? Uh, I would have to. I'd have to think. Green Bay. Oh, Alan Dadeville's coming for you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like if you like gun to my head, take a guess. I would say Green Bay. Green Bay's been around forever. I know Georgia has too, but you know, logos change. Piddles, what the hell you think this is? 1977. Based on what I see, you've got on YouTube fashion. YouTube fashion is not your expertise. The black M is modern and it looks great. As well as the yellow jerseys with the white pant. It's from the 980. I can't tell you the last time they wore yellow jerseys with white pants. They wear those yellow jerseys with black pants. Make them look like a bumblebee. Not good. <laughs> I will never get these five minutes back. Good God, Piddles. That's from my no, guy, no the one, great bait auto no, detail. No, no, one's forcing my guy. no one's forcing you. No one's forcing you. We want you to listen. Love having you. But no one's forcing you. But I thought we I thought we had a great segment on the 1998 Missouri Texas A&M game. Yeah, and I thought I made you know I just improved. And I'm like I'm going to throw to a break. We'll be on the clock. We'll <laughs> no. have Taylor on at 10:35, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just riding along, and all of the, I don't know. Oh my God, it's a Detroit Lions uniform take. I just it's just it's disappointing. And, and I'll tell you what, it was a passionate one. I just it's so disappointing. You, you can do so much with the uniforms, and the fact that you chose that is just frustrating. Taylor Twelman will give us his thoughts on the kits that the uh, doggies wore on Sunday night. I bet he's, let me tell you what I think is going to be the deal with Taylor. I think he is going to be a banty rooster at 1035. Give or take a few minutes. We like a banty rooster. We like a banty rooster real nice. I am telling you, my soccer compadre, the delightful producer Joe, he always texts uh, questions he wants me to ask Taylor and he wrote this, hate questioning effort but being second best to 50-50 balls was glaring. Tactically, I think Carnell was outclassed. Oh, my. Taylor usually agrees with Producer Joe's stuff, too. We'll find out. That's coming up at 10.35. We have the Little Piddles Angry Beaver half and half today as well. Come on into the YouTube chat. It is uh, very, very active here. Uh, well, it really is. Uh, come on in there and uh, talk it over. Enjoy the show. And, of course, text in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass Burkhard Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Bloom Party, 101 ESPN YouTube. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett, Taylor Twelman, 1035. There it is. Quick summary. Jackson, Little Piddles, Angry Beaver, half and half go. Where are you going with question number one? Or are you still in this Detroit Lions uniform crusade? I've said my piece. I'll let it rest. Just don't wear them again. Dabo Swinney, head coach of Clemson. Right. Not going well. No, he went on a tidy little rant last night. On Tiger Talk in Clemson, South Carolina. Yes, he did. First he took a off, call from Tyler from Spartanburg. You nailed it, Tim. Uh, first off, shouldn't every coach have to take unscreened calls from the most passionate wing of the fan base? The only phone calls I want to make sure return college football are the ones on Gabe Yarman's post-game show on Power Mizzou. Yeah. And I will privately fund that. Yeah, I'll publicly fund it. I don't care. That's, that's about as good as it gets. Uh Second, I should probably play. I should probably play the clip. 
Um, I agree. I, I, I love finding, watching you produce live on air. I should probably, here, here's the clip from Tiger Talk with Dallas Winnie. Tyler. Hey, Tyler, I've, I've listened this to Tyler. enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you, can, you can have all your opinions that you want, all right? I don't know how old you are, don't really care, all right? But let me tell you something. Uh, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation. The expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm. and that's the problem. Part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, "I'd say, what's the difference in Clemson?" I'm gonna tell you. At Cle- at some places, there's an expectation, but at Clemson, there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is we've won so much. That even when we it used to be the funds and the winning, now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right. And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day, and I ain't gonna let some smart ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care. I think my uh, program had a little bit of an issue. You got the gist of it. You did. You missed the amen at the end. But. The, uh, the, the rant actually went six minutes. We weren't going to play all six minutes, but uh, you got the idea there. Uh, Dabo Swinney uh, got a call from Tyler from Spartanburg last night live on the air. And uh, as opposed to what I would recommend, which would be, compartmentalization and internally thinking those things about, oh, thank you for the call, Tyler. You know, you're right. It has been a tough year and the responsibility falls on my shoulders. Certainly, this program has had an incredible amount of success and really unprecedented in college football and at Clemson, where we've won two national championships in the last seven years. And while we didn't have one for 35 years, and there's a lot of programs would love to be in our position. But the reality is right now, we are well short of our expectations. And I put that solely on my shoulders to get us back to where Clemson football and its fans deserve to be. Thanks, Tyler. Internally thinking all that he just said. Right. And then also going, and I'm worth $90 million. (laughs) And if they fire me today, I will go enjoy a boat drink on some kind of coastal area. Yeah. However, the moment you say that, it lives forever. And so Dabo Swinney may have gotten his instant rush of dopamine by getting that sweet release on young Tyler from Spartanburg, (laughs) who today woke up feeling victorious, even though he probably couldn't spend an evening on a beach enjoying a boat drink, and Dabo could live on his own private beach enjoying a boat drink. Tyler feels like he got the better of the two-time national champion head coach because he got him going. And therefore, in 2023, one of the keys... If you are a head coach or really any public figure, this go. Thank you for the feedback. I shall take that to heart. Externally, all while internally, MFing them all day long. Yeah. And I'm surprised that Dabo 
went down that road. But at the same time, Matt Campbell, who hasn't had near the success of Dabo Swinney, uh, is at Iowa State, could have left Iowa State a couple different times and gone on to bigger jobs, stayed, and last week was walking off, I think, the practice field in Ames, and just some random guy who coincidentally, and I would emphasize coincidentally, had somebody filming him with his phone. Again, I want to emphasize, that's just like, oh, stroke of luck. As Matt Campbell walked by and he goes, man, you better get it together. You're on the hot seat. And surprisingly, Matt Campbell turned around and had to be held back by his players and coaches from going after the guy. And again, I want to emphasize the coincidental nature of the fact that there was a phone camera on this gentleman with Matt Campbell in the shot as he said this to him. Because some people, some skeptics, some cynics, would say this was set up Mm. to try to get this guy some social media likes. Mm. And last month I paid my mortgage in social media likes. Bank accepted him. Things are a little different now. But others would say you can't really do much with social media likes outside of fill a void that's empty in your soul from a lack of income or sexual activity. I don't say that. No. I believe in the social media like. I believe in hiding behind a dog avatar with a scripture passage and treating people like human garbage. And that's how I was raised. And so, therefore, I will be out today trolling coaches throughout the Big 12 and the SEC. And maybe I'll get over to the East and go to the Big 10. About time. And Jackson will be behind the camera and they will be coincidentally placed. Yes, of course. Mainly in the Big 10 West, honestly. That feels like that's the hotbed of hot seats. Well, here's the key. Just always keep the camera rolling. It's my credo. Penny save. Penny hurt. Taylor Twelman is going to join us on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're heading down to the pitch to talk soccer and City SC with Taylor Twelman. This is Talking with Twelman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Together Credit Union. Check out Together Credit Union CD options. Visit togethercu.org. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. 101 ESPN and YouTube. I have been waiting for this phone call ever since the result of the 4-1 loss to Sporting KC. Uh, It is our pleasure to welcome to the program presented to you by Together Credit Union, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Twelman. Taylor, good morning. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I am going to yield my time to the gentleman from Apple TV. Yeah, uh, you and I got a weird connection. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. I will blame Jackson immediately. That's just my default position. Uh, If we need to reconnect... Uh, we no, can you're do, good. You, can you hear us? I think us? I got you better now. Yep. I think the audience uh, can hear you clearly. I just want you to take it away and give your observations from what was a very disappointing Sunday evening in St. Louis. Well, well, considering there are a bunch of St. Louis City fans that don't want me to call the uh, second match of this series, um, I, I take that as a huge compliment. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I, I was asked by the Sporting News and a few other the. Um, papers previewing the playoffs 
and I said, what's... Uh, seems like Taylor dropped off there. I see. All right, Jackson. Oh, well, well, we will uh, reconnect with Taylor. Yeah, you'll call back. One of here. the uh, wonderful things is, is we will uh, be able to get him back on. I, You know, it's funny that he brings up that he was experiencing the ire of city fans. Mm-hmm. The Plowhawk, our uh, wonderful board operator slash on-air partner at TMA, is... Uh, member of some of these uh, pages on Facebook where city fans congregate and uh, the Plowhawk yesterday morning as we were talking about the 4-1 loss was saying that uh, people were furious with Taylor Twelman. But I, I personally, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what your preference is. But I prefer a broadcaster who calls it how he sees it or she sees it as the case may be. And that's what Taylor does. And sometimes it's incredibly complimentary and sometimes it's incredibly critical. But at least, you know, he's giving you what he really thinks as opposed to blowing smoke up your ass. So anyway, Taylor has rejoined us. Uh, I was resetting the fact that I was aware from uh, one of the members of TMA that uh, some city fans were unhappy with your call of the game. But it's like I recall Joe Buck saying after the 2004 World Series in which the Cardinals were swept. What good could I have said about the Cardinals? They never had a lead. I mean, that was a disaster on Sunday night. What possibly positive could you have said about city i lose my credibility immediately if i try to sugarcoat what happened sunday night and and i think where fans are completely delusional is that broadcast was in 107 different countries that was not just broadcasted in 314 and down i-70 west and so that's where this becomes i i have no problem with it it honestly is a huge compliment i think city fans have every right to be upset with what they saw sunday night However, what I was going to tell you is that when we preview these playoffs, I was asked, what is the most likely upset in the first round? And I said Sporting Kansas City over St. Louis. And the reason why is this, two reasons. One, Sporting Kansas City has been desperate for a long time. And so now the moment's not too big. The energy's not too big. They don't have to worry about trying to ramp it up to another level. St. Louis City's lost two of their last nine games. And the bigger concern, if I am a City fan, is the conversation around still the Western Conference. With all due respect, it doesn't matter what you did in the Western Conference. I thought Peter Vermees' interview with me pregame on Apple TV was spot on. I said, how do you take the momentum of winning six of your last nine games into the playoffs? He said, well, we're confident, but it's a completely new season. That is the mentality they needed to have. St. Louis City didn't have it. They were completely outplayed. And the one thing, and I know you're probably going to have a ton of questions and from your listeners asking about tactics and all that. If St. Louis City is not up for it energy-wise, is not up for it with the ability to make the game at their level, if they're scared, if they're timid, they will lose. And they have been scared and timid for a while. And I think some of the players, after winning the number one seed in the West, it almost as if it feels like the air's out of the balloon, Tim, where now they're like, you know what, season's over. And I'm sorry, the line of expectation's been raised. And in the pregame show, my partner Jake Zivin said, what's the biggest talking point? I said the home opener in St. Louis City was a homecoming, was a celebration of the sport. The playoff opener, exponentially different. Line of expectations, you're the number one seed, you're favored 88% across the board in Vegas and in sports books to advance, and they laid a fat egg on Sunday night. It was it was a very very surprising 
score line, but not the fact that Sporting Kansas City won because I don't think anyone's been paying close enough attention to the two different forms of the teams. That is correct. Uh, Sporting Kansas City certainly has come in on a heater, but as you made reference to, it is a whole new season. Uh, throughout the course of our conversations this season, Taylor, I've had a, a friend of mine, a longtime producer on TMA, who uh, who listens to the show and is a big soccer guy, and, he, uh, and, and, and I've read some of his questions to you, and he said, I hate questioning effort, but being second best to 50-50 balls was glaring. Yeah. Tactically, yeah. I think Carnell was outclassed, and once again, high possession and no clue what to do with it. Uh, your thoughts on his observations? Educated fan. Educated fan. Listen, if I'm playing St. Louis City, and I said this to you, I think after the Portland loss, but I definitely said it after the Real Salt Lake loss. If I'm playing St. Jackson? He's still on. I don't Son of a gun! Was like, hold on a minute. We we lost yeah, you, for, we, you back, Taylor. We lost that. you for one second. I I want to reset to where you're saying you you can't recall if you said it after the Real Salt Lake game, but you definitely said it after Portland uh, or, or vice versa. If I'm, playing, if I'm playing St. Louis City, I'm saying to them, nope, no, you have the ball. Yeah, they have no idea what to do with it. Right? Isn't it such a weird thing? And I'm sure from soccer novices, they're listening, going, "What the hell's that all about?" But the entire strategy is to capitalize on turnovers, and that's how they score. So the weird thing is is to just let them have the ball because they don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do with it. They don't. And so Peter Vermees completely got his tactics right. It was great. It was spot on. Um, It was immediately saying the moment they lose the ball, if they don't win the 50-50 ball, which I am shocked at how many Sporting Kansas City won because technically – the second best team in Major League Soccer all year in recoveries and 50-50 balls was St. Louis City. And Sporting Kansas City punched them right in the face. And so now, at your own game, you lose that. And then Peter Vermees said, you know what? You don't like the ball. You don't want the ball, so go ahead and have it. And the biggest concern all year long, you and I have had many a good conversations, is in-game adjustments from the players. In-game adjustments tactically from the manager how do you change that how can you figure that part out and so i think that becomes a real interesting one i think tactically i was stunned to see no uh, two forwards and the listeners will tell me way more than me because i haven't been to every city game i've watched it but especially at home bradley carnell has done a great job of setting this team up saying we're going to go at you we are going to get you uncomfortable immediately and that's four four two some variation of two center forwards. And he, pl- he flips it. And so post-game, Peter Vermees was telling reporters, the moment he saw just Klaus up front, he knew they had an advantage. Because already before the game starts, you've changed. You're different. So, Tim, there's so much in this that you can read into. But right away, opening whistle, you see the team that beat you 4-0, 4-1 at home, change? That mentality flips right for Sporting Kansas City because then they're thinking, oh, whoa, you're already overthinking. You know, we're the ones that are supposed to be uncomfortable, and we knew you were uncomfortable from the onset. That is what I heard for post game from Peter Vermees, from players and whatnot. 
they got it right. Tip of the cap to Sporting Kansas City because everything they did was spot on. What does City have to do? I mean, I realize there, there are obvious answers to that, but if you want to go into the weeds, please do. What does City have to do in order to not just get this thing back to St. Louis on the 11th, but to uh, win this series, win two straight games, especially considering the way this one went this past Sunday and, and the form you made reference to heading into it? Yeah, I think the best part about this format is goals don't matter. There's no aggregate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got punched in the face. You got embarrassed. But who cares? If you go to Kansas City and win 1-0, 2-1, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Now you're going back to your place. So they've got to get back to who they are. I think there's got to be changes to the lineup. I think there's got to be real thought this week on what you are. But, listen, as much as people want to critique Bradley Carnell, the setup and everything else, the players have to look themselves in the mirror. If you are, if if the listeners right now are questioning your effort and your ability to win fifty fifty balls, which is what won you the number one seed in the Western Conference, then it's a long shot. I think they've got a shot, and, and I think Peter Vermees knows that because I think Sporting Kansas City is now going to have to have a real difficult conversation. Do they now try to be expansive? Do they now keep possession? Do they want the ball more? because they're at home in front of their home crowd. Well, that's not how you want to play St. Louis City. You want to play the way you just did at City Park. So I don't think it's a long shot. Yeah, they lost 4-1, but it doesn't matter. You win the second game 1-0 or even on penalties. You're back in St. Louis. They've got to get back to who they are. But I'm going to find that 11. Eight games Nielsen has started. They've won one game, give it up 19 goals. Mm. And so that tells me this is a Bundesliga player that's been out for a year. I'm not questioning him as a player. But the cotton back line is suspect right now. And it has been for a while. And listeners are going to tell me, yeah, but we beat Sporting Kansas City in late September 4-1. That's fine. You've also only won two of your last nine games. And so they've got to get back to being ugly, being competitive as a group, not individual, and the body language has got to change. It doesn't surprise me one iota if they win in Kansas City this weekend. They received uh, one of the greatest wake-up calls that you could possibly get to light a fire this past Sunday. Quite intrigued to see the response this coming Sunday in Kansas City, and I already am looking forward to our conversation with Taylor Twelman next Tuesday. Every week here brought to you by Together Credit Union. Taylor, thank you so much as always. Always appreciate the candor as well, and looking forward to talking about it next Tuesday here on 101 ESPN. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, hopefully we're Number 11. That is what the goal is here in St. Louis. See the third game of this best of three back in St. Louis. That's Taylor Twalman with his thoughts. And to me, the headline producer, Joe, educated fan. How about that? Can't deny it. Yeah. Amen. There it is. All right. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. You can participate in the YouTube chat. I see Tommy Summers is in there talking it over with Tiny PP, and it's just fun to watch the two of them interact. It's like fun. Jordan Pippen. It really is. Uh, we will uh, take a break, come back with our final segment here on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Blue Party 101 ESPN, YouTube. Let's see what's doing in there. Yeah, Dan Jansen's in there, right? Hi, Dan. Tiny PP, Eric Nickens. You can go in there. 
It's good action. It's not as good, though, as Mike Drops. No. Mike Drops still the top of the pyramid for me. Stephen Wildwood left one? Uh, he sure did, Tim. Okay. You want to take a listen to yeah, it? Yeah, I would. I mean, that's how it's going to go this season. It's going to be for the, for the Blues. I mean, it's going to be good game, bad game. We're not a great team. Might make the playoffs. Stop it! What's the media in this town doing during games? Reading books? Books are a waste of time. In fact, libraries sit on prime real estate, sell every library in this great nation of ours, and turn every book into a movie so we don't have to read them. We can just watch them in two hours. Piddles, I'm gonna tape your eyes open like Mel Gibson in Conspiracy Theory and make you watch the NHL channel for a week straight until you realize what it is to be a fan of hockey and the blues in this town. Tired of it. Wow. So you are gonna have your eyes taped open yeah, I would have went with Clockwork Orange in that for that reference. Sure. Now I know you're a cinephile, something like that. But the point remains that your eyes are going to be taped open watching the NHL Network for a week. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I know people probably like it was like like needles in their ear hearing me talk about the James Harden trade, my Sports Center update. But the ramifications of that trade increase the chances I don't. Uh, resubscribe to League Pass and watch more hockey. What a stunning development. It's like we buried the lead to get to this at 10.57. Well, the domino is that Harden goes there. Now they have four All-Stars with Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, meaning they'll get more nationally televised games, which means Kobe Brown will get more nationally televised games, meaning I don't have to watch on League Pass. Oh. So, I follow that. And Des Moines Hodge being on the Lakers. Lakers already get a ton of national games, so... You know, that's not the sole reason I watch the NBA, but that's a big reason. So how will that impact you watching the NHL after Steve's done taping your eyes open for a week? I mean, I guess I've just, you know, trial by fire there. You just got to watch it because you got no choice. Um, what an endorsement. I'll watch on Wednesday. I'll watch. Ooh, I have a basketball game on Wednesday night. Uh, it's going to be tough. Well, we'll figure it out. Blues and Avs, Denver. Maybe you can listen to it. Maybe you can have them blare it while you guys are playing because it'll be right here on 101 ESPN with pregame at 7.30 p.m. And then after this long, winding road trip through western Canada and a stop back in St. Louis and then to Denver to visit Stan Kroenke's franchise, the Blues set up shop at home to try and right the ship this Friday night. (laughs) Boy, the ending there was... Something special. Real quick two-hitter for you, Tim. Real quick. Oh, two hits. It's Halloween. Time to scare the pants off your friends. Amen. Favorite Halloween candy, favorite costume you ever wore growing up? Bah, well, I mean, it's a callback. I wore Chewbacca, uh, I think, was it when I was four? I think it was five. Five. Uh, and my son uh, dresses us all, and so apparently I'm going as a seven-foot Chewbacca tonight. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be great. Circle of life. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the answer is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It's a good play. It's a good play. What about you? <laughs> In college, I was once the Hamburglar, and that hit. Is that right? That hit? <laughs> people, people. Did the ladies love that? Yeah. Yeah, they thought it was great. The Hamburglar. And uh, <laughs> I'm a Almond Joy kind of cat. Is that right? I don't appreciate that. I'm not a big almond guy. Yeah, really? That's your problem, not the coconut? Uh, that's Mounds Joy, Joy Mounds. Mounds I think Joy Mounds. I've watched her movies. <laughs> Mounds Joy. <laughs> Almond Joy is milk chocolate and coconut and almonds. Mounds dark chocolate and coconut. Got it. 
I don't eat this stuff these days to try to keep myself to keep these boyish good looks. No, I get you. But uh, if you had to, yeah, I mean it's Reese's peanut butter cup, no, and I a experienced point. a two-year addiction to caramel M and M's. Yeah. That uh, I'm still seeing people about. Those can get you. Yeah, God no. Almighty, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> For real. It's like gambling, fine. Smoking darts, fine. Caramel M&M's got me. Yeah, that's what, that's what took you God down. Almighty. Uh, time for us to go. Jackson, uh, it was a wonderful presentation. Thank you to the candid Taylor Twelman for joining us. Brought to you by Together Credit Union. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McCurden. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, on 101 ESPN and YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.